Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, New Year's Honours Special Edition. We'll take a moment to argue the toss over who should be added to our New Year's Honours list and who will be left waiting to have to bribe us and try to make the list next year, based on all the episodes that we've covered in 2020. But to work out who should win the awards, we'd best introduce ourselves, your Honours Judging Panel. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am joined, as ever, by a man who refuses to eat any food unless it is served exactly as per the serving suggestion on the side of the packet. <laughs> it's the one and only nitpicker, Jim. All right, Jim. How are you doing? <laughs> excited for the awards? Very, very excited. Very excited. I've had my suit dry clean. Got it on. <laughs> ready to go. Fantastic Can't stuff. Wait for this. Brilliant. Can't wait. And allow me to welcome our colleague from the Spanish announce table. It's Lost Liam. All right, Liam. Hello. Feliz Año Nuevo. Como estas? Bueno. <laughs> Good, I think. <laughs> Thanks. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew he was native. <laughs> <laughs> just, just putting the uh, the Spanish phrase book to to good use. Oh, I love it. I love it. The fans have been clamouring for it. <laughs> all right, all right. Keep your judges' wig on, Jim. I'll place you in history with some cultural reference points before you lock me in the tower. Did a judge thing. I couldn't. Anyway, ignore it. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> The date is 1995. This year... Is that a date? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right. a year, isn't it? <laughs> so, so is that bigger than it's early? <laughs> right. Take two, dickhead. It's 1995. This year, Die Hard with a Vengeance was the year's biggest film, grossing more than $366 million worldwide. It was a halcyon year for computer games as we saw the release of the Sony PlayStation and the Sega Genesis consoles, along with a plethora of incredible games like Tekken 2, Destruction Derby, Super Mario World 2, Rayman, Time Crisis, Twisted Metal, Worms, Donkey Kong Country 2, and Dungeon Simulator 2, The Cave of Maid Marion. Might have made that last one up. And the biggest hit single of the year was Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Can't argue with that. Right, now we know what we were watching at the flicks, what games we were playing while sitting three inches from the TV screen, and what we were blasting through our shiny new CD Ghetto Blasters. So let's see how we thought Vince and Eric compared with that lot. There'll be unwarranted Marty Janetti lovings, understandable Lex Luger drubbings, but no Stone Cold Steve Austins. Let's get cracking! How will all this work then? And what are the awards we're dishing out on this episode? Well, I'll tell you. Each of your humble presenters will put forward a nominee for each category and then we'll argue to the death to see which one wins. We'll be crowning Best Wrestler, Best Match, Best Promo, Worst Promo, Most Ludicrous Gimmick, Jobber of the Year, Best Builder and Worst Killer. Right, well, without any further ado, let's get awarding. Kick off our awards with what I imagine will be a very hotly debated one. Best wrestler, Jim, who's your nominee? I thought this was painfully, painfully obvious. Took me no time at all to decide. Go on. It's Marty Jannetty, of course. Of course it is. (laughs) Right, we'll get to him in a second. Liam, who have you gone for to go up against Marty (laughs) Jannetty? I mean, I was so close to putting Marty Jannetty in myself, but... uh, um, not going to this week. No, no, no. It was close, though. Um, I'm going to put forward Razor Ramon. Nice, lovely stuff. Well, I am going for the obvious choice, which is Mr. Eddie Guerrero. Jim, go on then. Make your case for the to the, to the rest of the Honours Committee, <laughs> if, you, if, if you dare. Right. This will be good. We need a love well, song in the background here. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, so, we've... Marty Jannetty, right? What, he's come in a few weeks after we started watching. Obviously, we started watching. Yeah, he has. Early September. He's come in a few weeks down the line. 
what it comes down to is, I mean, looking at all them great matches, the one with, uh, with Skip and then the British Bulldog and another one that I'm going to talk about later against your dog. And it's, oh, it's, God. It's, it, it, it just, if I was in the trenches, oh, I'd want Marty right in there next to me. I think I think ultimately what we're overlooking is speed, his agility, his unique move sets. Remember all them monkey flips, devastating. It makes him a fascinating, fascinating to watch. And I've no doubt we'll see him steer the good ship WWF through the choppy waters of the Monday Night Wars. Get a room. is one of the most legendary superstars we've ever known. It's just worse and, than I thought you know, it'd be. That is what happens, right? Jeez. Marty 316 says, I just rubbed your ass. <laughs> I mean, they've they've missed a chance there, haven't they? The WWE. I mean, they've they've missed a payday the, for the marketing there. opportunities from that they would have been that. golden. It didn't go that way. It didn't right, take that right. Enough of that cobbler's Liam. <laughs> why, why, why raise a Ramon? We <laughs> uh, <laughs> should just move on from here. I don't think I can follow that up. Um, so, Razor Ramon. So, looking back through my uh, builders' notes, yeah. um, Razor Ramon does feature quite heavily um, as we've gone through. The, uh, the episodes of, of Raw. Um, this gimmick is still as good as it was 25 years ago for me. Yeah, um, and in the absence of a, of a WWF champion, uh, <laughs> we, we don't yeah. see at all. No. We've, had an, we've had an absence from HBK for a few, uh, few episodes of Raw. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart has been, you know, a bit of a letdown as well. So I yeah. think uh, Razor Ramon has been a shining light for the, uh, the Raw brand. He's been a prominent part of Raw through the wars so far. Um, he's, he, he's even had to piggyback the one, two, three kid through the majority of those episodes. Um, and, and, he, and he does a, he does a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job of, of putting the one, two, three idiot over. So, um, yeah, well done, Razor Ramon. Well, I can't argue that, Liam, but I'm now going to win the argument because it's simple. It's clear and there really isn't a question here. From making the most initially of his criminal lack of screen time to putting on consistent performances to a fault, Eddie Guerrero has shown he can do it all so far. Epic, slick as a McDonald's kitchen floor and faster than Usain Bolt in a Ferrari action. Yes, I did think of that for a while. That dazzles without ever becoming tired or distracting from the story. Just incredible. What a performer. He builds the crowd and he's done it consistently despite having barely held a mic or had one put in front of his face. And he's doing all this, remember, whilst having... Almost every match sabotaged by the commentators incessantly talking about where Hulk Hogan is or what Hulk Hogan's probably thinking or what Hulk Hogan had for breakfast in the morning. It's nothing short of phenomenal he's doing that in spite of this this clear, clear sabotage. Cream rises to the top, lads, as I'm sure you'll agree. And though we obviously know he hits the highs later in his career, it's genuinely being cracking to learn just how good he was like in his formative TV years. I've, I've just loved seeing this bloke in action so far. Hands down, best wrestler. It's the only choice. You know it makes sense. Liam... I'm going to have to prostrate myself here to get your vote because I know I'm not going to sway the deluded, <laughs> our deluded colleague. Um, I will hold my hand up. <laughs> I will hold my hands up. Uh, Eddie Guerrero has been by far the best uh, wrestler on Nitro so far. Yes. Uh, that we've seen. Um, but, I, but I will argue that Razor Ramon has been just as good on the uh, on the Raw programme so I think it's it's left to Jim I think to decide oh no the deciding vote knowing fine well that neither of us are going to vote for my Jim <laughs> and he's going to have to make a decision it all comes down to this Wazik as long as you love Marty Jim that's all that matters <laughs> yes as long as someone does I think Marty Jannetty this is this is the, the crucial thing here Marty Jannetty doesn't need an award <laughs> to, to like <laughs> So, so I, <laughs> as long as you know he's the best wrestler, Jim. I thought he was going to say he's so magnanimous that he'd want someone else to have it. Yeah, the, the recognition it wouldn't matter, would it? Because <laughs> it's already well known. So it comes down to Razor or Eddie for the award. <laughs> I, you know what? I think I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to go with Eddie Guerrero. I, think. I, just, I, just, I, I, I thought it was a good. You know, it makes sense. Two compelling cases. What I thought was, uh, I have also felt that Eddie's matches are very good and it's very good to watch. And he, and he does crucially compete with the being hamstrung by the commentators. So I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm slightly into Eddie. Scandalous, scandalous. No, I'm joking. Eddie Guerrero has been very, very good to uh, watch. So I can't, I can't argue with that. Oh, lovely stuff. All in agreement. And the winner is. It's Eddie Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, get it. 
Next up, we need to award the honour for the best match we saw in the shows we watched in 2020. Liam, who have you gone for? Uh, I'm going to put forward the Eddie Guerrero and Johnny B. Bad TV title match on Nitro. <sighs> nice. Strong offering. Very good. Jim, same question to you. Who's your nominee? Again, I, I, I'm very surprised at Liam's selection. I've gone with the obvious. Uh, Marty Gennetti <laughs> versus Joe Dorgan on Raw. Jesus Robert. Christ. The slobber knocker. <laughs> <laughs> one for the ages. Everyone knows that one, right? <laughs> Well, I've gone for the tag title clash between the Smoking Guns and Yokozuna and Owen Hart, accompanied by Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette. Yeah, that was a good match, that'd be fair. Go on then, Liam. Why should your nominee pick up this, this coveted award? The match that I've proposed, uh, if, we, if, we, if we look back to it, it wasn't the main event on the, uh, on the card, but it did have that main event feel to it. It had great tempo, great intensity. It had yeah, two it it blokes did. just throwing move after move at one another. Absolutely pure entertainment. Um, I, I very often sing Eddie Guerrero's praises on the uh, on the pod, um, but I was I was really impressed with how good Johnny B. Bad was. I think he kept yeah. up really well with uh, Eddie Guerrero, matched him blow for blow. Yeah, it's probably um, surprise, wasn't it? Real surprise. Real and surprise. Th- I mean, the the only the only you know thing I would say about the match is obviously the, the, the time limits interference when we you know that 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 dampened it a little bit. Yeah, but, didn't need it. Um, I would, I would definitely enjoy a rematch. You know, it left me wanting that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, great entertainment. I thought that was a fantastic uh, match uh, for Nitro. As I say, a bit lower on the card as well, but it did have that 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 main event feel for me. Yeah, it certainly did. I can't argue with that at all. Jim, same question to you. Yeah, it's a pretty a pretty solid case from Liam. But I'm, I'm going to hit you with a few facts that are going <laughs> to just make it quite obvious that. <laughs> So that Guerrero bad match wasn't the match of the year. So, Ginetti versus Dorgan. Start to finish, captivating throughout. I've never, I've never seen a you know a squash match be so enthralling from a you know viewing perspective. Um, crowd, Dorgan. crowd massively into the explosive style Ginetti showcasing throughout, pioneering a new approach for generations to come. Marty Ginetti there. <laughs> The influence he has on the locker room is demonstrated in this match too when we see later on in the same episode of Raw Owen Hart. He executes it almost as well, but he attempts a monkey flip having well. seen Marty Gennetti fucking just nail about eight of them <laughs> against Joe Dorgan. Really put out dog, stretch Dorgan in that one big star. And then <laughs> even things like the in-ring attire. We spoke about it a lot before in previous episodes, but that, right, this is, that this, black this singlet is, that is decorated with a... This is beyond the pale, this. Uh, just, just the perfect amount of multicoloured ribbons displays a uniqueness, <laughs> a freshness. That is added, it's added another element to a great match. But above all, we saw what a rounded wrestler Janetti is here with his high flying style, his excellent execution, melding perfectly to create a mesmerising display of pro wrestling. <laughs> what, what absolute bollocks that is. I've gone for the tag match, and why? Because it had everything. The best thing, though, the best thing about the Smoking Guns versus Yokozuna and Owen Hart with the f- sublime setup of managers of Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette was the pacing. It grabbed you early, it kept you interested, it slowed down to add a bit of gravitas and give you a pause for breath before they kick off the big finish and to really show the strain the lads were all under. And then it culminated in a crescendo that only a Cornette promo can rival. The managers, they were phenomenal. These lads, they expertly amplified everything that was happening in the ring to the audience in the arena and at home. And they genuinely really added to it. And as a result... A combination of these lads hamming them up, plus the wrestlers being absolutely this barnstormer. The crowd were white hot, and it added to it watching at home. So Billy Gunn, in a new light in this match, we've commented on him before that he never seemed to look like a particular main eventer in his DX days that I knew him from later on, but by heck did he look like one here. He looked destined to become the real deal. Athletic, incredible execution, work the crowd, the works. I could watch this match again and again and again, and I have. Well, obviously, Liam, Ginetti's out again, that crock of shite. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will start by saying I will I will offer an olive branch. I can't in good conscience have Eddie Guerrero being my wrestler of the year and then argue against this match not being the match of the year. I, 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 I will, as amazing as the Smoking Guns and Yokozuna and Owen Hart really was. Yeah, it was, was a great match. I, I do uh, agree with that. Yeah, I, I cannot argue with this, and you're dead right. Bad surprise me as well. So I will, I will doff me cap and 
absolutely happily hand the win to Eddie Guerrero and Johnny Excellent. Beaver. Jim, verdict? Look, I've been, clearly he's a dead rubber at this stage. I've been overruled. <laughs> I want to recount. Don't think it's right, but I do <laughs> think, I do think, um, I, when, when Liam made his case, I mean, in the back of my mind, I, it did dawn on me that that was an excellent match. I was surprised by uh, Johnny V bad in that match because I had him down, given how he looks like a complete court jester, I had him down. <laughs> I was not, my expectations were low for him and he, and he, is, he put on a good match there and previously as other weeks too, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be quite happy to uh, to to see this one take home the 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 esteemed prize of, of of match of the year. Excellent. Well, in that case, the winner is. Eddie Guerrero and Johnny B. Bad. Good night for, for Nitro so far then. Two, two awards in the bag. Very. Two for two. Bischoff is doing well in the Monday Night Scores New Year's honours so far. Cracking stuff. I'm sure he'll be pleased. You'll be thrilled and oh, all this. I'm sure he'll be over the moon. <laughs> right, and that leads us neatly on to this, uh, this... I can't wait for this one. The Best Promo Award. And I will kick us off. And bear with me for this one. Lad, no. I'm going for Paul Bearer. Oh, I see what you've done. Thank you, thank you. Here's a clip. The Survivor Series. The Survivor Series. How appropriate. My Undertaker leading the dark side against the Royal. Oh, the Royal. You can even stand the side of his crucial face. It's a Survivor Series. No royal will survive the wrath of the Undertaker. No royal will survive Survivor Series. But all royals will rest in peace. I mean, transfer. Quality, quality. So good. I mean, that pitch. Oh. Paul Burr, Paul Burr, his, his pitch of his uh, his voice. It's incredible. It's, it's outstanding. It's, and juxtaposed with then, you know, coming in with, with Taker's deep growl. I mean, oh, yeah. what a promo that is. So allow me to state the case for Mr. Bearer and The Undertaker. It was short, sweet, powerful, atmospheric, left me wanting more, and served to highlight the chasm between this and some of the other promos we've seen on both shows. How Paul makes this cheesy, super city stuff not only not sound terrible, but make it something genuinely compelling is phenomenal. Absolute hands down. What a promo. Liam, who is your nominee? Okay, so this category was uh, was really easy for me. I think there was one promo that just, just stood out, okay, amongst the others. So I'm I'm putting forward the uh, Jim Cornette and Clarence Mason promo from Raw. Superb. Amazing. Let's have a listen. And now the British Bulldog has a grudge against two people. Number one, Diesel, because Bulldog's the rightful champion, and he wants a chance to prove that by getting a return match with Diesel. And number two, he's mad at Bret Hart, because if it wasn't for Bret the Stick and Hitman Hart, he'd be the champion right now. Right. So he wants Bret Hart. Yeah. Why is Mr. Mason here? Well, if you'll hold on one second, Zebra, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> this promo was was a complete masterclass from uh, from Jim Cornette and superbly assisted by the fantastic Clarence Mason. Yeah. Um, and ju- just uh, just to echo the uh, the statement Jim Cornette put out. This man has been writing writs all day, and I've read the writs that he has written. And if you've read the writs he's written, then you'd know that really well-written writs. <laughs> and that is just effortless artistry from Jim Cornette. I wanted to What's pause the programme, get off the sofa, and give him a standing ovation. <laughs> Beautiful. Stunning. What an, to, to have that off the cuff at that speed, oh, yeah. He's, so good. Yeah, he's so impressive. good. Very he's impressive. unbelievable. He really is. Very, very well Put together case there, Liam. Pun intended, Clarence Mason. Jim, who are you putting forward? How are you going to compete with those two gems? We all remember Marty Jannetty's famous. No, no, no. It's, it's, um... <laughs> <laughs> I've gone. I've gone something a bit, a bit different here. Go on. So this might come as a surprise, a surprise to you, given the extent to which we speak badly of this guy, and quite rightly so as well. But I've got 
Hulk Hogan and, <gasps> and Jimmy Hart's best friends promo. <laughs> what? My, my promo of the year. Right, yeah, let's take a listen. <laughs> if 10,000 screaming little holsters couldn't stop me, you sure can. I want to tell you something, Jimmy Hart. You're my best friend. It's one thing not to be able to sleep at night, but right now, I can't live with myself. We're going to hunt this giant down right here in Denver. We're going to face him eye to eye, and we're going to put an end to all his shenanigans. Are you with me, or are you against me? Hulkster, I'm with you, man, but I'm telling you, tell you something, man. Your deck's not 100%. The giant knows you're going to be in the building tonight. You don't need to be in here. You won't believe what he did to the macho man. Damn. Let me tell you, Jimmy Hart, calm down. I'm not the big picture now. It's all those little hosts that believe in me, man. If he wipes me out, so be it. They'll carry on for me. Uh, Jim, uh, explain yourself. <laughs> okay, so... Right, so Hogan, as we've discussed, Hogan is without doubt the worst promo of all the promos. So <laughs> yeah. he, he beats he beats the one, two, three kid. He beats the Taskmaster. He beats the Giant. Just like the outcome of every wrestling match he has ever had, you name him, he's beaten him in the contest of the worst fucking promo. And this in itself, this promo as we've just heard, is no real exception in the sense that it's garbage. But <laughs> put simply, I never ever expected it to bring me the amount of joy that it did. <laughs> so I, I, when I went in to listen to this, when we started this watch through, we're going through and Hogan's fucking talking and talking and I'm like, this guy's shite. Blah, blah. Awesome. Yeah. He's just there and you just got to listen to him. And you're kind of zoning in and out. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you've got this guy, this guy who's about three foot shorter than him, Jimmy Hart, the most ridiculous man, dressed in his, his Hulk Hogan blazer, <laughs> looking obscene as he does. And out of nowhere, Hogan blurts out, he's his best friend. <laughs> and it just, it just came such a surprise to me that I was just completely, completely like done with laughter. And I remember it took us, oh God. caught me so off of guard. The absurdity of idea. It took, it took, it took us about 20 minutes to record that yeah, particular could, section on the episode. And just for the not get past that. sheer amount of, of clarity. <laughs> obviously unintentional. Yeah, yeah, but obviously unintentional. But for that reason, I'm, I'm going to put this forward as legitimately the best pro war of the year so far. So for that, uh, Mr. Hulk Hogan, thank you very much. It's a brave effort, Jim, and I, I, I admire it, but uh, uh, we, we can't in good conscience give Hulk Hogan Telling Jimmy Hart that he's his best friend. <laughs> That's it as well. Like, the rest of the promo is shy. I don't care about any, any other words in that rubbish. In a car it's park just that, it's under just the arena. It's just that little bit. You well. can't in good conscience say. <laughs> if we put this lot on Twitter and say, and our promo of the year is, no one will listen again. That's just dumb. Yeah. So a valiant effort, Jim. I admire your bravery, but I'm, I'm, we cannot do it. And I would also say, as you mentioned, as you were describing the absurd scene of Hogan and Hart there, with three foot shorter than him, it reminded me, in, in many ways, this is a mirror image of the fantastic promo of Taker and Paul Bearer. We've got the fucking demon lot on one side who are great at promos, and this demon spawn on the other side. <laughs> Claiming to be best friends for no reason. <laughs> Horrific. So we're we're once again at a at an impasse. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna budge on Jim Connor, you know. I, th- no, I thought no. it was just it was just a work of art. It's phenomenal. And I, I, I well I think Jimmy got to be the deciding vote, but I I, I, I can I probably I do. I did really like Bearer. I did like. The, the, I thought it was the best about it with, with the uh, with the sound effects in the background really added to it. It was yeah. a kind of a, uh, you know, the, 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 the old goosebumps were were coming up there. But just for sheer oratory magic, I, I'll go with with um, yeah, the maestro that is Jim Cornette. He, he, uh, that was a fantastic promo, effortless yeah, as you said. Fantastic. Him, and f- fully well deserved best promo. It really is kind of begrudgy that. And the winner is. Jim Cornette and Clarence Mason. Now, if we thought the last one was hotly contested, this one, this must be even worse. We've had no shortage of entries for this category. It's time for the worst promo award. Jim, who have you plumped for? Obviously... With this, you know, the negative connotations here of worst promo, Martin Jeanette is going to be nowhere near this one. So, <laughs> I, Christ, I've gone for the moment that we're living in for me the Taskmaster's insurance policy promo from the October 23rd edition Nitro. This 
is the insurance policy. My father went with the Sherpa guides to get the Yeti to bring it back. We thought he surrendered the colors of yellow and red, but now he wears black because he walks in the land of madness. You see, I was right. Evil does dwell in Hulk Hogan's heart. And I myself don't think there is one bit of goodness left. I think, I think this is a strong nominee here, Jim. Yeah, it's good. Sullivan! <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take some beats in this. You're right. You've, uh, Jesus, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong offering, Jim. Yeah, fair enough. All right, here we go. Let me tell you why. I think it's already sewn up, but let me tell you why. This is the worst promo. Not just the, well, I reckon it's a contender for worst promo of all time. Never mind, just 1995. <laughs> but here we go. Logically, the idea that the giant required assistance. In his quest to overthrow Hulk Hogan, didn't make any sense because this is what the obviously insurance policy was for: was to help the giant out, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, the giant had previously almost killed Hogan twice, <laughs> heading into this match. So the idea he would they'd have to go all the way to fucking Everest to get the Yeti it was just didn't he make broke any his neck, sense. didn't he? At one point, <laughs> he twice, did, Hogan. Did, did he have Hogan twice? Didn't he? <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> well, well, broke his neck twice. Off to get the Yeti. <laughs> Getting a plenty is booked. <laughs> oh Christ! Um, <laughs> obviously, then it introduces us. Well, well, well they're kind of hinting it. It's the Yeti, aren't they? Which we then go on to see later on, which has obviously got to be one of the, you know, the worst moment in one of the worst run-ins <laughs> ever. Yeah. There's probably nobody on on God's green earth who could have effectively sold this idea that that, that there was. You know, that we've gone for the Yeti, we've gone over to fucking the Himalayas or wherever they've gone. No one could have effectively made us believe this. De Niro couldn't have done it, you're right. De Niro couldn't have done it. No, nobody, nobody. But the Taskmaster (laughs) is possibly the worst of those, distinctly lacking in the required vim and vigour to create any excitement around the Yeti. It's just all around shy, isn't it? It could never work. And above all, Sullivan tells us his dad and the Sherpa guides... (laughs) went on an expedition to capture the Yeti. <laughs> They've then froze him in a block of ice, transported him to America for this tape in a night row. And just, just what, what's going Imagine the pitch to the Sherpa guides. <laughs> <laughs> I only said it to them. <laughs> oh, never mind them. Imagine the pitch to the Yeti, right? Get in this water, mate. Get in this water. <laughs> What I, can't, what I can't understand here is Kevin Sullivan has, has difficulty getting in and out of the ring, so I'm not buying that he's, uh, he's managed to pull this off. So. Unbelievable. Oh, and one more as well before I forgot to mention. It's Yeti. Is it everyone, everyone's knowingly, everyone's knowingly mispronouncing the name of this creature <laughs> that Kevin Sullivan's dad had to talk a bunch of shepherd guides. Going to catch this is just this is just oh. unadulterated insanity. And on top of all that, he's clear he's clearly a mummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What came to pass at the end of the show? <laughs> he was not a yeti. Oh my god! Or a yeti? Or a yeti? Fuck it out. Yeah, uh, Liam, we've got our we've got our work cut out here. Yeah, mummy. I might concede here straight away. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, just as a as a matter of a formality, who did you nominate? I'm going to put forward the Bret Hart and Diesel apparently face to face interview on Raw on November the 13th. How do you respond, Diesel, to the phraseology? that Bret Hart is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I think everybody in the World Wrestling Federation is entitled to their own opinion. I think Bret's, uh, I mean, he's one of the best there has ever been, but uh, right now Big Daddy Cool's kind of got a hold of that belt, and uh, I think I'm pretty darn good. So you think, of the two, obviously, you're the best there is? Yeah, right now, definitely. And as it relates to the best there ever will be? That's to be seen. <laughs> wow. Solid, solid stuff, Diesel. The charisma oozing. Way to stick your neck out. <laughs> tragic. Absolutely <laughs> tragic. It's awful. Right, so my, my justification then for the uh, for this nominee. Winner's um, round, Liam. Winner's round. <laughs> Take it from I mean, the Yeti. <laughs> it's definitely not as ridiculous as some of the promos that we've seen. No. But you couldn't even laugh at this. No. It was painful. It was... 
as we said on the pod at the time, it was over eight minutes of just pure visual diarrhea on the TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't face-to-face as advertised. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, if it was face-to-face, it may have instigated a brawl between them, which would have which would have generated, you know, some heat towards to watch. The, uh, the the title <laughs> match at Survivor Series. Um, Diesel hadn't featured for what seems like a decade on Raw. No. Um, so that was a perfect opportunity for him to work up this main event. Yeah. And instead, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. It, it, it was drivel. It was terrible. Well, for my turn, I know you're all going to expect me to say Hogan's Moose Fast, but for the same reason that Jim nominated Hogan's awful best friend one that gave him so much joy in the best one, I'm also not going to do that for the same reason because I enjoyed that so much I simply couldn't nominate it. Instead, I've gone for the drabbest promo I could find. Drabbest promo I've probably ever heard. The one, two, three kid on the 11th of September edition of Raw. Now... As we listen to this, just listen, if you can, to how much work Jerry the King Lawler is having to do to make this palatable at all. I didn't cost him the match, Vince. Razor, I didn't cost you the match. Last week, you cost me the match. You know something? You always treat me like a little kid, Razor. You know? You know, you're one of my best friends. We look like he's going to throw a temper tantrum. You don't give me any respect. Nobody took me seriously when I beat you the first time. Hey, wait a minute. That's right. He did beat him. That's right. Do I got to beat you again? Yeah, go ahead, kid. (laughs) Next week, I'll beat you again, Razor. Yeah, what about that, Greaseball? (laughs) It essentially becomes a a King promo, doesn't it? (laughs) By the end, you just say everything. He's got to do it all. (laughs) It is horrific. It was a shit idea in the first place. It was useless. But then to have Vince that you didn't hear in that clip having to go, wait a minute, do you mean... And then telling him the thing he was supposed to say. Just appalling. Absolute drivel. Absolute dross. Shocking. But... I'm not going to try and drag this out any longer because we all know who's won. It's the Yeti. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, in that case, the winner is... Taskmaster and his terrible insurance policy. Well, there'll be no shortage of options for this honour either. It's the most ludicrous gimmick award. Liam, who have you landed on? I've got two nominees here. I've got, I've got, I've got my, my original nominee. And if you, if you don't agree with that, lads, then I will change it. Okay. okay. Interesting. So yeah. I'm putting forward... Yeah. Do they do this at the Oscars, by the way? Is this allowed? I assume so. Uh, uh, they should do. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they should. Fair enough. So I'm going to put forward for worst gimmick... Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> so, so not actually wrestling on the program, yeah. But from the moment we saw the hand buzzer <laughs> to the, the the episode we saw Bobby Heenan being doused with s- silly string, <laughs> Mongo has left me dumbstruck time oh and time that. again. A really, really strange appointment from Nitro. You've got this. You've got this former NFL player as your face commentator to, to lead this new brand up against the mighty WWF. He constantly persists with this dog of his, Pepe. Let's get him. Let's shoehorn him into Nitro any way we can. Dress him up in these ludicrous costumes. We've had a pumpkin. We've had him in double <laughs> denim, a cowboy, a, so- a sombrero. It, it's becoming double painful. Denim. It's becoming painful now to, to see him on my screen. And, and not, not just that, it, the, the, the drivel that leaves his mouth, you know, he, he, misses, he misses key moments in matches. He mispronounces wrestlers' names. <laughs> he blurts out absurd statements and then just sticks baby on the, on the end of them like he's, like, he's Austin, like he's Austin Powers. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, proposing, I'm proposing Steve Mongo McMichael as the worst gimmick for me so Incredible. far. Right, right. I was pretty solid, dude. Phenomenal points, very well made. The thing that Jim and I must decide is whether it's actually a gimmick or if he is just that prick. I, I was thinking this is him trying to be funny, isn't it? 
it's yeah, a gimmick is him being funny like, in it. do you that's know what I mean right, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th- that this logic like, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. argue with that logic this is like nothing. the Mongo like that Mongo is like this comedic side to him kind of thing yeah. Liam it's made it through and that's going to be an absolute excellent, excellent tough one to beat you might have snookered us there dearie me Jim same question to you can you compete with that for the most ludicrous gimmick so that'll be a very very hard to follow but um, I've gone with a man everyone loves to hate, and that's Disco Inferno. So <laughs> I was, I was, I was wobble, teetering on the fence. I wanted to go with Hunter Hearst Hemsley because primarily, <laughs> I liked bloke. how yeah, I liked how he worked with his yard a tripe gimmick and made it a, a success. <laughs> I can I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the, yeah. the commitment to character from Triple H. Yeah, yeah it obviously is an absurd an absurd gimmick, and he does work it very well, which is what prompted me to move towards Disco Inferno, which is an equally, if not even more so, stupid, stupid gimmick in the sense that <laughs> he just dances <laughs> yeah, badly. Yeah, really badly. <laughs> like, so he <it, laughs> was used like predominantly just to interrupt the entrances of other wrestlers. Yeah. He plays his own dog shit music over the top of it. And then while he danced, at the top, they'd only be moved on by the wrestler who was coming out and there wouldn't be much fanfare about it. And it, no. just, it was just like, it was just complete pointless interjections yeah. of, the, of the program. Um, it's not funny. It isn't good dancing. I don't know what it's supposed to be. No, it certainly isn't. Or why it's on an internationally broadcast wrestling program. And I, and I remember that thing that really annoyed me when he first had his first match where he had it with Alex Wright, didn't he? And he did yeah. all them things where he did where he got drop kicked when he was facing the outside of the ring, got drop kicked off the turnbuckle yeah. in the back, and then he fell fell backwards into the fell ring. backwards in yeah. a way that would completely <laughs> defy all physics. And in, in, at the start of that match, when, Newton, he, when he came Newton out, Newton was his... spinning in his grave. Yeah, Newton's laws of motion have been uh, <laughs> have been smashed there. I've been absolutely destroyed by this cretin. And then he's um, when he's come to the ring and he's dancing in there, then he and he, t- he kind of whips off his uh, his Saturday Night Fever gear and. <laughs> He, wish, he pulls off his white trousers to reveal <laughs> another pair of white trousers underneath. <laughs> that, that really got me as well as absolutely that ludicrous. So of all the things, of all the things he's done, I think he, he, he warrants the he warrants the spot in the sense that he just he doesn't make it work. Triple H makes, makes his work very well. He, yeah. does, he just he just doesn't. He's just shit. I think yeah. he realizes how bad it is, doesn't he? <clears throat> I hope so. I really, I really hope he does because this is yeah, it's horrific. <laughs> Yeah, good good case put forward there, Solid, Jim. solid uh, yeah. nominee. Yeah. Well, I am going to go for the utterly absurd Isaac Yankum DDS, the evil dentist with bad teeth. There's a lot to chew over here, pun intended. The awful dentist drill music, the idea that he's a practising dentist who leaves the surgery and heads to the <laughs> ring. If he's evil, who are his patients? Surely they wouldn't go back because he's awful and he tries to hurt them and enjoys pain and has awful teeth himself. His terrible clobber, just a pair of scrubs trousers and his dentist bag, but not the scrubs top. He's left that at work. That's fine. That, 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 that got off, but he didn't pop any pair of trousers on. That'd be absurd, wouldn't it? Fundamentally, doesn't work at any level. Awful, awful gimmick. Poor Glenn Jacobs. Criminal. But this is a foregone conclusion. Well, I think Liam's going to be clever to, uh, to, to, to pick up on that as a gimmick, and I, I think that in itself deserves deserves some, some recognition so uh, for me it's, it's Mongo yeah. yeah I think I'm going to go excellent with it there. Case. excellent case made clean sweep there Liam perfect and the winner is it's Steve Mongo McMichael <laughs> perfect <laughs> Next up, it's the prestigious, the esteemed Monday Night Scores Jobber of the Year Award. One everybody wants to win. It really is. I'll kick us off. I have gone for the hidden gem, the workhorse, the shat on but kept going and made a bunch of cracking matches, the one and only Terry Richards, a.k.a. Rhino. Not only did he have an explosive and an exciting match with Henry O. Godwin, he then carried Mabel, yes, Mabel, to the ring on his throne later that same night. That was no mean feat. Is it just? And these things for the nitpicker, uh, they were shown on different episodes, but he did it on the same night. Physically, Rhino, Terry Richards did these two things on the same night. It's ridiculous. This man deserves this honour for actually doing the job a job properly and then paying more than his fair share of dues hours later by carrying King Mabel's litter. A harder working and worthier jobber you will not find. I rest my case. Superb. Liam, over to you. Who is your pick? 
I mean, we had, we had a wide selection here to choose from, didn't we? <laughs> it was about uh, possibly about 25 of them on Raw. And what, <laughs> on Unbelievable. The, uh, we've, we, we've had so many jobbers. Yeah. Um, in a job of Royal Rumble in, uh, <laughs> in yeah. Raw. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put forward Brian Walsh. Brian Walsh, fantastic. Why? Um, and the reason I've gone for Walshy is uh, <laughs> I had to get that in. Just a tribute to the nitpicker. Um, yeah, the reason I've gone for Walshy uh, simply is that as a jobber, he had me and I think the whole audience rooting for him. <laughs> When he was going up against Avatar, <laughs> so so Avatar on de- on debut is is going up against the only Brian Walsh in your classic squash match. And if I if I if I just turned my TV over in 1995 and you asked me out of the two which was the jobber, I definitely wouldn't have said Brian Walsh. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a reason we haven't seen Avatar since that that match. <laughs> Um, if, if, if you can't, if you if you can't go, sorry, why Brian Walsh is booked in the main event of WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> Still with no music, just to come back from a break and he's in the ring. <laughs> if you can't get the crowd on your side going up against Brian Walsh, <laughs> you're in big, big trouble. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he did a sterling job in uh, in this match, Brian Walsh. Uh, all, all credit to him, fair play. So yeah, I think I think that's a a solid nominee for uh, jobber of the year. Sublime, well played, Liam. Jim, over to you. Who've you gone for? Put this man's name on this 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 sought after trophy right now. It's Joe Dorgan. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. Hang on. Is your reasoning because he went toe to toe with Marty Janetti for uh, X wait, number wait, of wait, minutes, wait. right? Wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you. Oh God. Let me tell you. Fucking easy, isn't it? I mean, I recall. I recall when you went through the uh, this episode of Raw. I, I don't. I don't remember Joe Dogger getting uh, any blows in, in in this match. It was a, an orchestrated. <laughs> <laughs> it was an orchestrated one-sided affair from uh, from Marty Janetti. Yeah. But go on, let's no, let's no, listen no, to no, this. Let me, let me explain, yeah, let me explain. What happened to Joe Dogger is what should have happened to Brian Walls. Your avatar wasn't awful. <laughs> <laughs> let me explain. I can't explain. So Joe Dogger to me, it's absolute. Cast Iron, Jobber of the Year, 1995. A lesser man, oh, a lesser man simply wouldn't have survived that beating <laughs> he took from Marty Gennetti on the October 30th episode of Raw. Didn't see that coming. He would not have made it through without a life. So whether I ever see JD eat another squash or not, Dorgan will forever be the tallest dwarf in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, wow! Right, are we going to settle this then? The Terry Richards match was good. He did put up a, a, a strong case. It was. It was. It, although I've, uh, I think we might have, we might have swapped and we're voting for each other's Liam, because I think Brian Walsh, you did right, is the only jobber to get over, and that that is no mean feat. Shall we work this, and then I'll, um, I don't, not, not, not you know, we worked it all. But shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lads, can we drop? Can we just drop? <laughs> can we drop reality just for this one? Right. <laughs> lads, if you don't mind, go on, Steve. We... Open the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> all the voters. Shall we fuck ignore all the voters here, lads? <laughs> Why are you getting us to work this out? Don't put this pissing envelope. Come on. The millions of voters are going to be absolutely <laughs> irate with it <laughs> if this tape leaks. All right, then, who is going to budge on this one? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm straight in here. It's, it's, it, I'm, I'm not budging from this. It's, it's Joe Dorgan all the way. <laughs> right. Jobber of the year. Right, okay. Well, Liam, I assume sanity will prevail and there's no way in hell you, you or I are going to vote for Joe Dorgan. I think we can both agree on that um, Joe Dorgan is, is not going to be the... Right, fantastic uh, Dorgan is out. the winner of Jobber of the year. Outrageous. Right, Jim. Outrageous. To be honest, Steve, uh, you, you did put a good argument towards... Uh, towards Terry Richards because if you look at what he becomes later on down the line um, we got glimpses of that early doors yeah, in, in, in his contest with uh, with the uh, the hog farmer so um, yeah I'd be happy to concede to, to, to Terry Richards oh. if Oh, scandal. Amazing. Well, I was going to say, Liam, before you, before you very uh, nobly fell on your own sword there that I was about to do the same because I think 
Brian Walsh being the jobber to get over it was an idea I'd, I'd A forgotten about him in the Avatar debacle um, but B was the only the only job to get over which is which if you think uh, you know that's phenomenal for a job although Vince will have been livid in the back I mean imagine 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 you're on debut and you've got you've got the audience rooting for the jobber to go over you <laughs> Like, I mean, I hang on a second. You're on the verge of suggesting a year. Yeah. We've got two jobbers of the year, and neither one of them is Joe Dorgan. <laughs> that's nice. uh, that's yeah. indeed what I say. That's correct, yeah. yeah. And that is. <laughs> there's going to be some. Some comments about this, I reckon, when the people hear this. <laughs> right, well, appease the nitpicker really by letting him cast the deciding vote. All right, fair enough, yeah, I'm happy with that. Go on, Jim. We've, we've swapped round, we're voting for each other's, we can't decide, you'll have to decide. Who's getting the, who's getting the nod? Is it Terry Richards or Brian Walsh? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we've got to alert the authorities because Joe Dorgan has been robbed here. But, um, I did share it. They could share it. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Joint winners. Okay. Fantastic stuff. Well, then the winners are. Brian Walsh and Terry Richards. And now it's time for the coveted Best Builder Award. Jim, who is your nominee for the Oscar of the TMNS world? It's not a person as such. Interesting. It's another, it's another big win for everybody's favourite Lego hair commentator, Bishop. but a wrestling promotion runner. It's <laughs> the quality of wrestling served up on WCW. Wow. There's been a lot of times where, where we've questioned why Nitro have made many of the decisions that they've made. Mm-hmm. But... We've complimented them many a times for the fact that they quickly established a core of supremely talented wrestlers and, and put them in matches against one another on a weekly basis. So the show gets absolutely stacked with these fucking mm-hmm. absolute A-list matches of the Caliber. You know, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero v. Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko versus Sting, Rick Flair yeah. v. Anderson. And this is getting, you know, there's multiple, multiple of these types of matches on a, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. And this is in... Stark contrast to Raw, where it's not uncommon to see, you know, two jobbers. matches maybe, with, yeah, two matches <laughs> yeah. featuring jobbers on a forty-five minute show. Joe Dogan. <laughs> Everyone wants to see Joe Dogan. So you'll no doubt get 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 unfettered, un, unmitigated insanity on Night Raw, but you'll also get the best wrestler by far in late nineteen ninety-five. So I think that is what wins and best builder for me. Very compelling wow. argument. Quality wrestling and Nitro in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. Who'd, no, have, who'd have thought it? Who would? After, after the Sherpa guide, eh? All the shocks are, uh, have, been, have been unveiled at the, <laughs> the TMNS Awards. New Year's Honours. Amazing. New Year's Honours, that's it. Liam, who gets your pick for this coveted of coveted awards? So, for, uh, for Best Builder, so... Quite similar to quite similar to, to to Jim to be fair, but I've gone gone quite specific go on. Uh, in terms of nitro. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Ric Flair and Arn Anderson feud. Cracker, that's a cracker. Um, and, and my and my reasons for this. So despite the the pantomime antics of the Dungeon of Doom and evil Hulk Hogan going on, um, nitro really hit the mark here with this feud between you know two two, two former members of the Horsemen. Correct. You know, really good pals. And and as I say, you had all those, you know, you had the shenanigans of the Yeti and things like that. But this feud made me want to tune into Nitro. I was willing yeah, to put yeah. up with the the bonkers <laughs> and absolute shambolic, you know, promos that were going on around this. Yeah. Um. And and it it was it was around the time of when we got the cage match, mm-hmm. um, which was a you know a really good main event on Nitro when the the tide started to turn. I think for Nitro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Fantastic main events, and you know you, you could clearly see you know there was more in the tank between these two. So it 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 just gathered and gathered heat towards uh, Halloween Havoc, where we had the uh, the you know the handicap match yeah. uh, initially, which which did obviously turn into the tag match with yeah. with uh, Rick Flo and Sting, uh, Flying Brian and uh, Arn Anderson, and then we got that that you know that that dirty that dirty 
uh, end to that match when when Rick Fleur turns his back on Sting and then rejoins the Horsemen. Yeah, um, should have been the main event. Should have been. Yeah, it event. should have been the main event. It was by far the best match on the card. Yeah. Um, but just fantastic stuff. Great, great wrestling. Fantastic on the mic, uh, both of them. Yeah, work in the crowd. Just, just pure entertainment. I, I thought, I thought Nitro really did hit the nail on the head with with this feud. Um, it, it, it was really good to watch. Great case, compellingly made. Yeah, that was a cracker. Um, well, I have gone for Jerry the King Lawler. This man has been the most consistently entertaining heel commentator, even when there's little to work with and he's not got much to do, to say, to build up. He somehow manages to do it. He's done it with an astute eye on the action, explaining without labouring, describing and adding detail without overcomplicating it, and building the programme as a whole while still building his own profile. Plus, he genuinely made me laugh most episodes. Absolutely cracking. <sighs> Some tough, tough decisions we made here, lads. This is a tricky one. To be to be first, you do you do make a very good argument about Jerry Lawler. I mean, at the time when I was a when I was a you know a lot younger, I used to used to really dislike him. But that, that just <laughs> yeah, demonstrates how good a, how good a job he was doing. Exactly, you know, so yeah. it's only later on now that you appreciate his uh, you know his his one liners and things like that. So I can I can yeah. see your argument as well. But uh, my, my mind does kind of fit in with Jim's as well. So I, I, I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna gonna. Just go towards Jim's. Fair Jim's enough. Well, in that case, it is academic. But I will say that um, I think that is a that is a, a very solid decision from us as a as a as a as a team because the best thing about doing this so far is not being pissing ourselves at the Hogan made Marion promos. Hilarious though that is, but it is <laughs> unearthing and discovering the amazing particularly mid to upper card talent that Nitro has at yeah, his disposal yeah. has been a, a bit of a revelation and been cracking a watch. If you, if you think about it as well, if you, if you think about the opening show of Nitro, you know, from the Mall of America to, to, where, <laughs> to where we where we are at the moment, it's been a, you know, um, it's been a, a huge transformation, hasn't it? So, yeah, yeah correct. Uh, yeah, so great, great nominee, Jim. Yeah, very good. Well, there you go, Jim, without making, a, without making a, an additional argument, you've got it sewn up. I think you gentlemen have just redeemed yourself after you 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 didn't cover yourselves in glory with the job of the year award. You've you've, you've, uh, <laughs> you've shown everyone you do kind of maybe have an idea of what you're talking about. So, <laughs> so it was a big one for you two as well. There, well done. And the winner is. The quality of wrestling on WCW Nitro. And now, for the penultimate award, a bonus award for the best Sefton sound. And the nominees are... Jim is a velociraptor. (laughs) That was... (laughs) That was Jim is a velociraptor. (laughs) The second nominee is Jim is Phil Collins. No. <laughs> That's Jim is Phil Collins. <laughs> no. One more time for everyone at the back. Jim is Phil Collins. <laughs> no. <laughs> the third nominee is Jim's Sabu inspired Arabian commentary. <laughs> That's Jim's. <laughs> Sabu inspired Arabian commentary. <laughs> Unedited that. That's, that's genuinely how it was recorded. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Every, every time. Tears, <laughs> tears streaming. <laughs> don't even know what he's talking about, but. <laughs> Must have been a Sabu match. <laughs> Sorry, I stopped <laughs> Oh, it's a really good impression of Jim Duggan. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Nominee oh, number four. Jim likes it raw. I like it raw. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jim likes it raw. Pitch perfect. I like that. it raw. <laughs> and the final nominee, Jim is Krista Burke. Fat lad in red <laughs> is wrestling with me. 
I mean, it sounds like a Cockney Knees Up song, doesn't it? Like, oh, so, so many, so many good ones though to pick from. <laughs> they really are, and the winner is. Bollocks. The winner is Steezer a hog farmer. Come on! Pee, 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 pee! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and now it is time for our final award, the dreaded worst killer. Liam, who have you gone for? So looking looking back over the notes, you know, there's there's, there's been there's been a lot of Really, really bad uh, promos that have made my killers list. And reading between the lines, there's one person, without doubt, this award has to go to, <laughs> and that is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no arguments there, Liam. I mean, I don't think I really need to justify uh, <laughs> this nominee, but here we go. Um, so we, we, we've had we've had the you know the the homeless uh, Venice Beach promo. Which was totally bizarre. Out of um, this world. We had the Yeti sketch. We've had this evil persona that he's tried to get across <laughs> by just simply wearing black clothes. <laughs> We've had the medieval made Marion promo. <laughs> Moose fast. Moose fast. Which I think was the cherry on top of the uh, the cake here. That killed me. And it's just been a, a stagnant performance from Hulk Hogan from episode one to episode 10. There is no other wrestler more deserved to win this award than Hulk Hogan, without doubt. Beautifully put. Jim, how are you going to compete with that? Who is your nominee for Worst Killer? The Worst Killer, the most heinous, the most despicable, the most disgusting of, 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 of wrestlers who would qualify to win such a such a horrendously titled award is 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 none other than Lex Luger. <laughs> oh, that is a that's, that's, that's checkmate. That Liam, that's at least <laughs> at least check. <laughs> and here's why: so from the moment we first set eyes on 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 Lexington and Luger, on this <laughs> transfer from WWF, to the last time <laughs> we discussed him on the pod. I can only think of one time where Lex Luger featured in anything, and he featured in a lot. Oh, I can yeah. only think of one time where he featured in anything where I thought, eh, that wasn't awful. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got his absolute... <laughs> we've got his absolute flaccid introduction where he appears as the gangrel impersonator from the Great Train Store <laughs> to catch a fleeting glimpse of Ric Flair v. Sting. <laughs> we start out there we then get him front and centre he's the poster boy for the uh, trumpet in the uh, where the big boys play catchphrase which does him no favours for obvious reasons um, and telling us he's sick of playing with kids as well in, 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 to, 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 to set that phrase off as well yeah, um, does. crazy we've got the time he featured in two identical face-offs with macho man Randy Savage where nothing happened in either Um and Mean Gene told us when they squared up to each other, it's not the time nor the place. One of my favourite lines of the watch through so far. <laughs> yeah, um, there's every time, how every time he's in a match, you'd think he might be positioned as a kind of top guy, but every time he's in a match, he either loses or relies on interference of someone else or has to just pick up the pieces in order to prevail. His crap heel turn that was threatened for a while, but who gave a shit when it happened? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That time you wore the pinstripe vest and tracky bottoms combo. <laughs> <laughs> the pinstripe onesie. Yo. Disgusting. His shit promos, his shit work, his fucking dire, but absolutely fitting finishing move named the torture rack, which I'm sure is far less painful than having to watch this guy wrestle on a regular basis. <laughs> Everything good. about him is just diabolical and... I have no interest in watching anything in which he features. So he is the, I think his name has got to be carved into that biggest killer, biggest killer trophy. Another stonkingly compelling good, good, argument. Good, good, good argument. Um, and now I'll tell you, both of you, after those fine, fine attempts, why are you both wrong? The worst killer by far in all of the episodes we've watched is the frankly criminal, criminal 
mistreatment of the Blue Bloods. You've had this tier one talent <laughs> sitting on your books and you've kept them away from TV. You've kept them away from matches. You've kept them away from promos. You've kept them away from backstage segments. The one time we saw them, we saw one of, one of them emerge and get battered before they even made it out of the curtain as a pair. I cannot, nay, I will not accept anything other than this being the biggest killer. Set in stone, line in the sand. This is it. This is egregious. This was the worst thing I've ever seen on television, full stop. I think I'm going to have to overrule you here. Oh, I, think, uh, yeah, I, think I think you're out. I mean, what's interesting here, Jim, between between uh, your nominee and mine is that um, obviously both feature on Nitro, um, but but I like I like you know when 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 Bischoff kicked off Nitro with the with the line where the where the big boys play. I, th- I think what that means is where the old WWF lads can go and piss about because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've both made pretty uh, pretty good arguments though about um, they are about who something. should get who should get. Uh, Does this mean if the Blue Bloods have been criminally once again overlooked? I hasten to add. Blue Bloods overlooked yet again. Yeah, they're out. I mean, they're this out. Is, this is oh, does that mean I've then got the deciding vote? Yeah, you've got to make the vote. I think <sighs> bollocks. That's tough. Um, I think both both are, both are solid solid winners. So I mean, yeah, there are yeah. You're right, Liam. I can't make I can't make the wrong decision here, can I? You're right. Okay, which one did I genuinely groan at when I saw most? We can't even laugh at Lex being awful because it is just so drab. The promos are terrible. The wrestling's even worse somehow. And at least with Hogan, we've had some real, for all the wrong reasons, hilarious moments that we did not get. <laughs> yeah, I think they've been quite um, the Hogan. Sweet. Enlightened in that regards. In, yeah, in, I'm, like, I'm happy with. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So 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 Le- so Lex has took. He's took the biggest killer. Lex. Yeah. Luger yeah. unanimous. I think that's. A, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Oh, it's uh, it's made up for losing the the, the, the Seth and Sound Award. <laughs> I thought I had that one stone up by that sort of nail. I thought. <laughs> I mean, you had a strong case for that, Jim. Just take it up with a judging panel. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing with it. I think. I think. <laughs> I think the winner was 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 fantastic as well. So any any one of those nominees would have been, uh, would have been a true winner in my eyes. <laughs> and the winner is it's Lex fucking Luger. Question for you then, the nitpicker, as I'm sure you've been keeping tally. What were the scores on the Monday Night Doors at the end of that? The count is in. A comprehensive walloping for uh, for Vince McMahon's WWF. They only picked up three awards. <laughs> Jim Cornette getting the best promo. Yeah. George, uh, sorry, not George Dorgan. Um, Which we'll think of again. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, Jim. Let's yeah. let it go. <laughs> you did a pissing wid. George Organ's coming out with this with no credit. <laughs> Accept it. Yeah, it's not happening. Month or so okay. days. Okay. Not getting past the panel. Brian Walsh winning Job of the Year. That's more like it. And Seth and Sounds Award. They're the only three they won, whereas Nitro took the rest. Nitro wow. took the rest. They got the best wrestler, the best match, the biggest, um, the best builder, sorry. They also had the worst promo and biggest killer, so we get the two, and most ludicrous gimmicks, so we get the two sides of Nitro there, but. Um, yeah, all, all the best things and all the worst things tend to be happening on Nitro. Nitro, a, a show of extremes as we know only too well. Well, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please share us with someone you think might like it too. And don't forget to subscribe or even leave us a review. As ever, it would be hugely appreciated. You can also keep up to date with all the latest from us by following us on Twitter. We are at TMN Scores. Well, I have been one of your hosts. My name is Steve. I have been joined by Jim. Say goodbye, Jim. Bye, Jim. Every time. And I've been joined also by Liam. Say goodbye, Liam. Bye. And it is goodbye from me. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores.
Best builder next, ready? Best builder. <laughs> well, we've got our sting side. I've got, I've got me, I've got me new text message tone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely in the bag. <laughs>